G'day, welcome to the Wood Fired Oven Podcast, where I take a deep dive into the techniques, recipes, and history of wood fired oven cooking. My name is Mark, an obsessed and somewhat curious fan of outdoor cooking, especially with my wood fired oven. Follow my podcast in your favorite app and listen in as I go searching for the best recipes, tips, and advice to both supercharge our cooking skills and motivate you to light up your favorite outdoor cooking gear this weekend. It's tupper time here on the Wood Fight Oven Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm going to be cooking up three of my favorite tuppers in the Wood Fight Oven. I love tuppers. They're easy to prepare. They're social with your family and friends. Kids love them too. It's a great way to get the kids involved in cooking with your wood-fired oven. These three I'm going to choose today are quick and easy to prepare. Now, I don't want to get into a heated debate with my Spanish friends about tapas. They are super passionate about their food, super passionate about their wine, and rightly so. Their cuisine is absolutely divine. Tapas represent small, unique dishes that can be picked at any time of the day, but I think they're so well suited to mid to late afternoons leading into the early evening, paired with uh, gorgeous wines as the different tapas uh, get presented. Tapas, interestingly, if you didn't know, uh, originated in the, the south of Spain. The Spaniards certainly knew what they were doing, but they're now found all over the country. In fact, they're found all over the world. It's a fantastic way of eating. I spent some time in Barcelona a year or two back and came home really excited about the flavors and the cooking styles of these small dishes. And I just wanted to get home and experiment with these in my wood-fired oven. So tapas are perfect to eat while waiting for the main course, or like we like to do in my backyard, eat on their own. I'm going to be cooking up three quick tapas today. They're going to be chicken wings with wine and whiskey, banished stuffed peppers, and finally chorizo in red wine with crusty garlic bread. These complement each other really well. They start off nice and light, suit lighter, whiter wines, and they end on the last tapa with the chorizo and red wine, a little heavier, and it's a nice way to round out these three tuppers. I'm planning to have these over about a three or four hour period uh, this afternoon, early evening, and I'm really looking forward to it. They're all a little bit different. If you want the recipes, you can find them at my website, woodfiredoven.cooking, where I've got a few pictures to show you as well. So when I do do tuppers, and I do tuppers a lot in my wood-fired oven, I normally cook three or four, if it's for my family, of four at a time. And we've all got slightly different palates. We're all slightly different ages. So I usually try to include some things that the kids are going to like as well. But I have to say, I know that my teenage kids really like these three tuppers as well. And I suspect that you and your older kids will enjoy these as well. Okay, so I'm kicking off uh, preparing in the kitchen uh, all the ingredients for the tuppers. The first one we're looking at is the chicken wings with wine and whiskey. So I've got about a dozen chicken wings. Uh, They are all combined, so I'm chopping these uh, up and trimming them up to make them look nice. I'm going to place them in a a food-safe container. I'm going to sprinkle over the top of these one and a half to two teaspoons of Spanish paprika. Mixing all that through now and adding in two to three tablespoons of lemon juice. I've got beautiful, fresh, plump lemons uh, from the garden. I'm drizzling over the top a little bit of olive oil. I'm now adding in one to two hundred Uh, mils of white wine of your choice. 
And I've got a beautiful whiskey that I was uh, given for a recent birthday. And I've got about 40 mils I'm pouring into the container as well. <laughs> yeah, that smells wonderful. Uh, mixing all that through, hitting it with a, just a touch of salt. And then that can go into the fridge for two to three hours. If you can leave it longer, even better. Normally I do this just after I've lit up the oven for the night, which I often do just before lunchtime. So it's ready by mid-afternoon. Okay, the second tapa I'm now preparing is the Spanish stuffed peppers. And I've got four peppers I'm doing today. I'm going to halve those up, cook them shortly in the wood-fired oven, roast them up first, peel off the burnt skin, and then stuff them with cooked cannellini beans that have been warmed up and mashed in the wood-fired oven. So I'm just opening those cans now, draining off most of the liquid. Important to keep maybe three or four tablespoons of the liquid in the can and reserve that for later. And I'm just covering that up and preparing to take that to the wood-fired oven as well. And finally, the last topper uh, to prepare is the chorizo in red wine. I'm just going to prepare some onions. Uh, I've got one red onion that I'm going to dice up, and I've got two gorgeous chorizo sausages that I'm now going to slice up and pop them into a bowl. These are really uh, beautifully flavoured. They're not too strong. I like strong, flavourful food, but I know with my kids they prefer a slightly mellow a chorizo, so today we've gone for a mellow version. Nevertheless, that will still be paired with a little bit of red wine. Okay, welcome to the front of my wood-fired oven. You're now in my backyard. Joining me as I cook these three tupper dishes. Super simple, super easy to do. First one we're going to cook and get ready for the oven is the chicken wings with the wine and whiskey. Just pouring in a little olive oil into the two tupper dishes that I'm using to cook these, and I'm sliding those into the oven and just allowing that olive oil to come to temperature. It's a beautiful afternoon here in my backyard. It's going to be a beautiful night. It's moonless for the first part. Looking forward to seeing the Milky Way streaming over the top of our house. Just checking the uh, oil. They've come up to temp nice. I'm just going to add a little bit of garlic now into the olive oil. And they're just starting to sizzle gently there. Pop them back in the wood-fired oven for a minute or two uh, before I add in the chicken. Okay, the chicken's been marinating for about four hours in the fridge and the smells coming off the marinade is lovely. The, the whiskey and the white wine have infused beautifully. So I'm taking the chicken out of the marinade and I'm now going to pop them into the Kezuela dishes, give them a good stir. My goal here is to brown them off in the wood-fired oven, get them nice and caramelised uh, before we add the wine into the Kezuela dishes to cook. So browning off the chicken, if your oil is nice and hot, I uh, should only take maybe three, four, five minutes. Mmm, they're sizzling nicely, that kick of a little bit of smell satisfaction there as that chicken hits that hot oil. Ooh, that's nice. I can smell the white wine and the whiskey uh, puffing out of the out of the brick oven. And that's just lovely. It's savoury, it's sweet, and it's particularly nice on the cooling air in this late afternoon here. Oh, that's lovely. I often do tapas in the wood-fired oven uh, with just a small flame, a small fire. I've got a couple of uh, very dry pieces of iron bark in the fire now, and that's just licking gently up the side of the wood-fired oven. I've got a small flame roll happening uh, over the right-hand side of the brickwork, and it looks lovely. Yeah, that's just smelling lovely. So they are browning off nicely. I'm just going to add a little wood to the fire. And some of this wood I've been using today has been seasoned for about a year. It's just been sitting happily underneath the wood-fired oven, where every time it gets lit up, it gets a little drier, so it doesn't take long to get lit when it's added to the oven. 
quite enjoy having a little whiskey when I'm preparing tapas. This particular whiskey's come from Scotland. It's beautiful. So I'm just bringing the chicken out of the oven and I'm just turning them over, making sure that they get browned evenly on all sides and they'll pop back into the oven for two to three minutes to finish browning before I add the wine. Righto, it's time for the fun part. I'm just going to pour in the white wine now. It's a good idea, once you've got the white wine in, to bring out a flaming log from the oven towards the opening and tilt your Kezuela dish over the flame and the hope that your alcohol will burn off. And I'm doing that now. And uh, nope, it didn't burn off. That's no problem. After a little bit of cooking, I was expecting this massive flame to flare up out of the Kezuela dish. Uh, it didn't happen for me. That's all right. I just wasted a bit of the wine. Never mind. It's going back in the wood fight oven. Last time I did this, I got a beautiful flare up. Not today. I'm now putting a, a little square piece of foil over the top of these two Kezuela dishes now. And I'm going to pop them back into the oven for about oh, 15 to 20 minutes or so. That's going to be dependent on how hot you've got your oven. Now mine is definitely a moderate oven this afternoon. Make sure you check your chicken wings uh, perhaps every eight or nine minutes. And the smell coming out of the oven is uh, just wonderful. This tupper actually is similar to a tupper I tried in Barcelona a year or two back. If you ever find your way to Spain, make sure you check out Barcelona. It is a dynamic, exciting, vibrant place. Lots of food to try. And that's super crazy about their food. Lots of tapas to fill your belly all over the city. Actually, Barcelona is also famous for its unique architecture, Gaudi. Uh, their beloved architect designed some of the most unique and pretty crazy architecture I have ever seen. Uh, some of it's yeah, pretty out there, neo-Gothic. One of his crowning achievements, though, is the Basilica della Sagrada Familia, or the Basilica of the Holy Family. I've left a link in the show notes to some of the pictures. It's incredible. Uh, we spent uh, an afternoon walking through this most amazing uh, piece of architecture. Incredible stained windows, incredible stonework. It really was quite something. Construction, interestingly, began in 1882. Gaudi died in 1926, and at that stage, it was only about 20% complete. He is actually buried down in the crypts. I visited it in early 2020, and it still had six years to go before it was completed. It's an extraordinarily long construction. If you take a look at the pics, you will start to understand why. One of the channels has done an amazing documentary on this beautiful piece of architecture. Okay, the top is coming out of the oven. Damn, that's smelling fine. I'm cracking some black pepper over the top, adding a bit of salt. I've got a little bit of chopped coriander for the top. Topper number one done. Okay, it's now time to start preparing the Spanish stuffed peppers. So I'm putting the peppers, which I have now cut lengthways, I cut in half, I'm putting them on the tray, skin side up, and I'm going to roast these peppers and get the skin super black, super burnt, and that's going to probably take uh, oh, 15 to 20 minutes or so. I'm putting it pretty close to the fire. I can already start to see a blister up on a couple of the peppers there. Yeah, it's going to work out well. Peppers are coming out of the oven now. It's been about 20 minutes. And they are beautifully black and crunchy over the tops. What I'm going to do now is take them off the tray, put them into a bag, which is a, one of these snap-lock plastic sealable bags. And that's going to allow the peppers to steam for a little longer 
in these bags, and it's a great way to get these skins off. It's a good little technique. Get them in this bag while they're hot. Yeah, the bag's all starting to fog up. Going to get them all in, seal it up, and leave it for about oh, 15 minutes or so. And then I'll take one out at a time, peel off those skins, prepare them to be stuffed. Okay, I'm putting a little olive oil into a Kezuela dish. I'm going to warm that up in the oven now with a little bit of garlic. And when that's done, I'm going to add in two cans of white cannellini beans. Just preparing some of the garlic now. And the fire's raging away there. Licking up the side wall. Looks great. Starting to get a little dark here now. I'm going to add in the two cans of drained white cannellini beans now into the dish. Now they're going to go in the oven probably for about 10 to 12 minutes or so until they start to really soften up. Okay, those beans have softened up nicely. I'm going to get a fork now, and I'm just mashing these beans with the back of this fork and making it look a little bit like mashed potato. Yeah, it's mashing up pretty easy. I'm going to put in about a tablespoon or so of red wine vinegar now to the bean mash. I'm going to add a couple of tablespoons. Depends how soft you want the bean mixture couple of tablespoons of the reserved bean liquid that we spoke about earlier. Yeah, so that's definitely loosening it up. Oh, that's nice. A little bit of pepper, a little bit of salt, and that's almost done. So I like to serve these stuffed peppers on a bed of uh, spinach. So I've cheated. I've got a uh, bag of spinach leaves here that we've got from the supermarket. I'm going to open those up, and I'm putting them into another dry Kezuela dish. They're going to go in the oven for about two minutes. It doesn't take long for these to wilt in the high heat of the oven. There we go. They're in now. That's while this bean mixture is finishing off. Okay, bringing these spinach leaves out of the oven. It's been a couple of minutes. They're looking just nice. They're wilted. They're warm. Now I'm preparing a separate Kezuela dish now. I'm putting the spinach leaves down first. And now I'm going to peel these roasted peppers. I'm going to peel off all the black skin and that's going to take a minute or two to get done. The peppers, yeah, they're still pretty hot. So watch out for your fingers. Going to taste a little piece here. Mmm, super sweet. Peppers seem to get really sweet when they get roasted, don't they? Oh, that's really nice. So now I'm getting the halved pepper, and I'm setting that in the Kezuelo dish. I've got the mashed cannellini beans in the Kezuelo dish next to it, and I've got a spoon... I'm just slowly going to fill now each of these peppers with this bean mixture. Okay, and I'm just topping the peppers off now. They're all stuffed. Topping them all off with some cracked pepper, a drizzle of olive oil, and some thyme from the garden. Cannellini beans with a kick of that vinegar. It's quite a unique taste. It's very mellow. It's not too strong. I think your kids will like it. Give it to them and get their feedback. I know our kids really enjoy this dish. All done. Top of two done. Banished stuffed peppers. I'm going to be back in about an hour, and we're going to do the last topper for the day. Charissa and red wine with garlic bread. Okay, welcome to Woodfire Oven Q&A. This is a new segment for the show, and it comes on the back of having received a few questions lately on my Woodfire Oven. So I've recently had a question come through from Dustin. He's seen one of my pictures of uh, my Woodfire Oven. 
This particular picture had a small fire, but very little ash and charcoal underneath the, the couple of logs. So Dustin's question was, how do you have such a small pile of ash? By the time my oven gets hot enough to clear the dome, I've got a massive pile of ash. Well, that's a great question, Dustin, and uh, thanks so much for reaching out. Firstly, before I light up my oven, for most of my cooks, I completely clean out any old ash from my previous cook. In the picture that you're probably referring to in my Instagram profile, I had zero pre-existing ash or charcoal before I lit up the oven, and that really allows uh, efficient flow of air along the brick floor getting sucked in from the outside. If you've got lots of debris there, I've found that it actually inhibits that airflow drawing into the oven to promote a good combustion uh, in the oven. So that's that's step one. Just make sure there's nothing left from your previous cook. The wood I use is an Australian hardwood and that's iron bark. Now you mentioned to me in a subsequent follow-up that you use white oak and I have no knowledge of white oak but I do understand it is a pretty popular wood for wood-fired ovens. The wood I use is very dry. It's seasoned for over a year underneath my oven before I use it and it is extremely clean burning. From about 40 kilos of wood I get about Oh, three or four maybe tops handfuls of ash not very much if I let all the wood completely burn away that's all I get left over with I keep plenty of airflow moving through the oven as well and I think my use of an andine in my oven also helps promote good airflow circulation which well for me in my style of cooking uh, certainly assists in full and complete burning of uh, of my wood. I would suggest to you that perhaps you consider a small andine to see if that helps. It's also good to know that there is a difference between true actual ash left behind and any unburnt carbon-based material. Now, unburnt charcoals may be a result of inadequate airflow. Try moving and mixing them around during the the cook. I flip my charcoals over with a pizza peel and that's to help separate any ash and charcoals. The ash has a tendency to smother some of those charcoals prematurely and that might be one of the reasons you're you're having this issue. Try an andine, it improves the oxygen around the wood. True ash left over actually is a function of the species of wood to a degree as well. It's really the leftovers from any material that can't combust. The major elements in any wood ash, irrespective of species of wood, is calcium, which is about 30% of of the ash, potassium and magnesium, they're the three main elements in wood ash. And the percentage of those varies a little bit with the different species of wood. White oak, interestingly, has about 36% calcium in the ash produced. Not sure what my iron bark has, but I suspect it's probably less than that. So try the uh, wood types and see if that helps, Dustin, as well. Thanks very much for sending your question through. If you've got a question that you'd like me to tackle here on the podcast, head over to woodfiredoven.cooking, head to the questions tab and drop me a line. Okay, back to the cook. It's been about an hour. And we're going to put a Kizuela dish back into the oven with a little bit of olive oil. This last tapa is the chorizo and red wine. I've got some garlic bread, and this is a really nice way to finish off a light meal on a Saturday evening. So I've got my garlic bread. I'm wrapping that in foil. I'm going to put that in the oven for a while, and then I'm going to finish it off once it's all sliced up, each individual slice is faced up, and we'll be dressed eventually with the chorizo, onion, and red wine mixture. So the oil's been heating up, and I'm just adding the onions, adding a little bit of Spanish paprika, and that alone, that aroma is just really, really enticing. It's It's been kind of worth the day of cooking just to get to this point. Definitely getting a little hungry now, smelling that combination. And I'm adding in the uh, chorizo now uh, to that mix. So I've got sliced chorizo, red onions, Spanish paprika, and uh, olive oil. And that's just sizzling away nicely. Okay, it's been a couple of minutes. It's now time to add the red wine. 
So maybe half a cup or so. Well, it was about three quarters of a cup, but I just took the top off it for my own benefit. And so I'm adding that now into the mixture, giving it a good stir through. And one of my favourite smells on planet Earth is the smell of red wine warming up in a dish with onions. It's just lovely. Right. That's pretty well done. That's now going to go back in the wood-fired oven. And I like to get that sizzling away, uh, the red wine, to reduce just a little bit before I plate that one up. It's going back in the oven now for about, uh, ooh, probably about seven or eight minutes. Okay, that's now coming out of the oven, and that uh, is looking rich and red and just lovely. Some of the chorizo, actually, that was poking above the wine as it was simmering next to the flame has got ever so slightly charred, and that's just going to taste beautiful. Very nice. Lots of unami flavors in those yummy crunchy bits. So it's time to plate this up. I've got a rectangular terracotta dish. I'm placing the sliced pieces of garlic bread face up. I'm going to plate up a couple of pieces of chorizo on top of each one of these. Get some of the red-purplish onion mixture now, and... I'm just putting those on top of the chorizo through the center of this dish. And there's still a little bit of red wine mixture liquid in the bottom of the Kezuela dish. I'm just drizzling that over the top now, over the crunchy bread. I can already smell the garlic coming off that garlic bread as that warm wine hits that. And the rest of the onion mixture now just being placed down either side of the garlic bread. And that's tapa number three complete. I'm going to enjoy this one with a... Uh, Lovely glass of uh, Shiraz from South Australia. Uh, love South Australian reds, if you hadn't noticed already from my other podcasts. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. So if you're looking for some inspiration on making some tapas yourself, want to try something different, then I highly recommend the very well-known book, probably the Tapa Bible, the Book of Tapas it's called, and I've left a link in the show notes on this week's uh, episode. So I'm just coming back to you now after eating all these tapas with the family. It's uh, It's been a lovely evening in front of the wood-fired oven. Uh, thanks to the Spaniards for coming up with these beautiful small-sized dishes to pick away at over the course of an evening. They love to eat, the Spaniards. They love to drink. And they love to do that late in the day. And perhaps eating small tapa dishes like these helps push away the hunger pains throughout the evening. Coupled with warm and dry afternoons, I can see why they love them so much. Sitting out here with a glass of red wine and enjoying the tapas with my family is a lot of fun and a relaxing way to spend a warm, late afternoon. Thanks for joining me this afternoon in my backyard with me in front of my wood-fired oven. It's great to have you listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate you listening to these and supporting the show. Stay safe, have fun, and go cook with fire. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you follow the Wood Fired Oven podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Please consider posting a review on Apple Podcasts, as this really helps the show. Don't forget to check out woodfiredoven.cooking for more tips, tricks, and advice on cooking with fire. You can also see full episode notes and links. You can also post a question which I may feature on the show. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, so head over to your favorite social platform and get in touch. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next time.